Hi, Wanda. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. I am very happy to have you here. So can you just, because I didn't, I don't have like this amazing introduction for you. So can you tell us just a little bit about you? I mean, other than you're an amazing digital nomad. Yeah, I'm happy to. Um, Thanks so much for inviting me to have this conversation with you. I really appreciate it. Um, So hi, my name is Wanda and (laughs) I've been traveling for about six years. I left the U.S. uh, New Year's Eve 2015 and I've been building community. So we have a Facebook group, Black Women Digital Nomad Entrepreneurs. Um, We have a weekly podcast, the Black Women Podcast, Black Women Travel Podcast. And we have an annual conference um, that just passed uh, October 1st and 2nd, the International Black Women Travel Jubilee. And this year I started the Black Women Travel Mastermind. So those are all the things and places where I am. Those are the things that I do. So where are you actually right now? (laughs) I'm located in Georgia, the country, Georgia. And that's, is that where you had the, the conference? Yes. And what made you? So it's hot. It's hybrid this year. So there's a virtual component, but the in-person part of it took place a couple weeks ago. And what made you decide to choose Georgia? (laughs) I was here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. I love that because I was there. Um, So you said you left the U.S. in 2015. What made you decide to just pack up your life and just go? I was interested in exploring what full-time travel looked like. I wanted to give myself the opportunity to see who I could become, how I could feel, what I could do if I weren't in the American atmosphere. um, There's a certain freedom that I felt when I traveled Mm -hmm. and I wanted to sustain that because it was very difficult given the circumstances to live in America and be who I wanted to be and create the things I wanted to create. So that was really the the impetus. I just loved to travel. I loved who I was when I traveled and I wanted to experience more of that. Okay. So you made an interesting statement that in the States, you didn't feel like you could be who you wanted to be. So who is that? I'm just this like, very bubbly, very introspective person who enjoys connecting. I enjoy experiencing things. Uh, I just had like a meal with some friends and it was like so delicious. <laughs> and I just was like <laughs> looking at them like, is your mouth as happy as my mouth is? Like, so, so like, that's just very much who I am. I enjoy creating spaces for people to be more of themselves as well, because that's what I've been able to do for myself. I've even in the States, you know, I was pushing in a way, I don't know if pushing is the right word, but uh, to experience more of myself. So just like very creative, very bubbly, loves connecting and introspective. That's who I am. (laughs) Okay. So 
how do you make this affordable? Because we're talking about accommodations, we're talking about flights, we're talking about trains. Like, how do you make it affordable? Um, I tried to leave America in 2010 and I was out for nine months and I ended up back in Atlanta. And there are some things that I learned in those nine months. So when I decided, I think it was like 2014, I decided to leave. I was very strategic about it. I was figuring out exactly what I needed to do to make the life sustainable this time around. And so all the rookie stuff, you know, the stuff that you don't know or like whatever, I tried to correct that. So like I didn't have a storage unit and I got rid of my car. Uh, The first time around, I had a condo that I was trying to rent out. I didn't have any property. Um, I got rid of all my stuff. So like I for real cut ties, you know, and I saved aggressively. I got a trusted house sitters membership to do some house sitting, which Mm -hmm. is like staying in strangers homes. And sometimes there's a pet and sometimes there's a plant or sometimes they just want somebody in the space while they're gone. So no one robs it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I tried to get some house sits before I left to travel, but that didn't really work out. Um, I also did what's uh, what's called manufactured spending or churning. So I got travel credit cards, credit cards that give you travel rewards. Mm. And after meeting the minimum spend, so how it works is like you get 40,000, 50,000 points after you spend, let's say a thousand dollars in three months. Mm-hmm. So after you get that, they drop you to points and then you could just accrue points after that. So I did some research on the least expensive way to accrue those points and did that so that I had a whole bunch of points so I could use them in travel. So if I did buy a train ticket with a card or a bus ticket, like just local bus, or even a bus that goes from country to country in Europe or something, Mm -hmm. um, plane uh, accommodation, I could redeem those points for the travel. So that's one method that I used in addition to the house sitting. Housing is always going to be your largest expense, no matter right. what, anywhere. Mm-hmm. And by cutting that, I was I wanted to stay gone. So I was looking at ways to maximize the amount that I had saved mm-hmm. um, to give me a longer, what I called like freedom runway. So like these are all of these things combined. And then I left Europe and went to Southeast Asia. So I'm paying for rent because house sits weren't as accessible Mm -hmm. and not for long. And like Europe, they were like a month or months long. But in Asia, maybe it's like teachers or something like that. So they'll leave for a week or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Or there's just no house sits. So I was paying maybe around 200 USD for a studio or a one bedroom apartment. In Malaysia, I had a lease and that was like a three bedroom, two bathroom for the same 200 USD. Oh, wow. Um, But I had to have a lease. Yeah, per month. Oh, my God. But I had to have a lease to other countries. You could just rent month by month. But Malaysia was, she's our special girl. (laughs) (laughs) So um, these are all just things like I just did so much research. I'm like, other people are doing it. How? And Mm -hmm. I prepared myself to guard, guard my money as much as possible. 
while having the experiences that I want. That's also very important. If you're not a hostile girl, don't try it. Like you have to travel according to how, like the experiences that you want. Otherwise you're not going to enjoy your travels. I'm like, well, what's the purpose of that? <laughs> you know? Right, so, right. but this is what, this is what I wanted. I wanted to sustain my travels as long as possible. And those are the ways that I was able to do it. So I was living off of about $10 a day mm-hmm. um, for maybe like three years, four years. I got to do the math again, but yeah, it was about, so that's including if I had to pay for a visa, that's including flights, that's food, that's accommodation. So it, it was an average of $10 a day. Which actually is not that much at all when you think about it, because $10 a day in the States, that could be like a very expensive <laughs> coffee and that's all you get. <laughs> that's real. That is real. So how many countries have you lived in so far? Oh, so like, what do we count as lived in? So is that like a month or? Yeah, let's go for a month. <laughs> But you spent at least a month because, yeah, that's kind of living. So that would be France and Ireland, uh, the UK and Spain, um, Vietnam and Thailand and Malaysia and Indonesia and Albania and now Georgia. And I think that's it. So what's that like? Maybe 10? nine or ten I stopped counting actually so did I because I was like okay 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 (laughs) my fingers was working and then they stopped sorry so (laughs) rewind and you can figure out how many that was and let us know because I'm not going back (laughs) so okay when you um excuse me when you just how do you decide what country you're going to go to next it was interest um so Albania and Georgia have been pandemic moves. So Albania at the time had a year visa. Georgia still has a year visa. Mm-hmm. Like 95, I think, countries get a year visa in Georgia and they just like don't care. Um, but most other countries, it's like three months. Right. So at first it was interest when I was traveling. Like I wanted to explore a little bit of Europe. I didn't intend to start there, but I was flying on a buddy pass and that's where it was open. So I was going Mm -hmm. to the airport and like, I was trying to get to Asia and I just like, couldn't get on a flight. And I was like, girl, where is open? Cause I'm tired of coming up to this airport and hauling all my stuff. I know this is travel (laughs) life, but this is very, (laughs) the the wind from my sails. I'm supposed to be excited about this. So, um, so that's why I ended up in Europe to begin with. And then Uh, made it over to Asia. So yeah. Wait, what was the question again? (laughs) Wait, I lost the question. Well, it was basically how you decide where you're going to (laughs) go. And then at at one point it was because um, of the nomad scene. So like Chiang Mai, I was just curious. That's where that's supposed to be like a nomad haven. There are so many like, you know, Bali and maybe like Budapest and Portugal has some cities that are popping, um, particularly lately. Mm-hmm. So there are a bunch of them, but Chiang Mai was supposed to be like, maybe like an OG spot that a right. lot of nomads converged on. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how I chose just like, well, where do I want to go? And what kind of community do I want to experience when I get there? Or like, what kind of culture is like 
cool for me to explore for some time. So yeah, it was just interest in some um, like values. So trying to meet some of my my intrinsic needs. And so how do you make friends when you're constantly on the move? <laughs> you don't. I mean, like <laughs> you can be friendly with people. So it's not it's not a I'm a slow traveler. So the house sits kind of determined how long I was in a country. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I got to Asia, it's like I spent nine months in Vietnam. I only spent three in Thailand just because the visas tighter and I didn't I wasn't really feeling Chiang Mai anyway um mm. and then I did visit other parts of South Thailand that were really wonderful but nowhere like it's the, the visa again like I don't like that <laughs> it's like it's you know having to process. renew or, yeah, yeah it's just not for me I don't like that ticking clock <laughs> on my head um so yeah uh I think you just have to be intentional about the interactions that you have. Mm. So there are there are people you can be friendly with, right? And mm-hmm. you know, get to know their name and ask about them and be curious about them, be open with them. It, it depends on your personality type. Right. Um, maybe online is more where you're going to find people locally. You know, you put a post in one of the groups, expat groups or nomad groups or whatever groups mm-hmm. uh, on Facebook. And, you know, just vibing, you kind of have to put yourself out there right. some in right. order to not just like be in your place or, you know, be at your coffee shop. And because it's very easy to block everyone out, locals, right. other travelers. Right. Um, so like you do have to be intentional about it. Um, so just kind of know how you work, uh, how it works for me. It's usually I just vibe. So like if I'm going somewhere and there's eye contact, maybe a couple jokes are passed and, you know, some contact information is exchanged and then we can be besties. <laughs> um, but there are nomad breakups. So like uh, Chiang Mai was my first nomad breakup. I met this really, really nice, like Filipino American couple. And then they left and I was just like, well, you know, the city's the same without those people to share those experiences with. So right. um, yeah, just don't try and just don't give in to the easiness of isolating yourself and try to find cool people where you are. So do you ever get lonely um, when you're moving from place to place? You know, not initially. I was, I'm a lot. (laughs) Like I'm so much. There's a rich inner life that I live. And to an extent, like I've been alone my whole life anyway, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, like like maybe personality wise and interest wise, but also like physically, because uh, like I have nine older brothers and sisters by the time I was in second grade, uh, only two of them were young enough to still be in the house. So it's just me and my two older brothers mm-hmm. they didn't like me. So like, I didn't hang oh, out no. with them. So all I had was my books happens. So all I have was my books and like my music and like my poetry and candles and like whatever, whatever I was doing, you know, as a kid. So uh, being alone is not new for me. It's more comfortable sometimes than being around other people and like all these other personalities and like, you know, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? What do you want to do? All right. All right. All right. (laughs) 
And um, I, I totally, I totally get that. Um, yeah, I totally get that because I'm a lot that way. A lot but, of us are actually, but this then is talk, what I found. Yeah. But then talking about, you know, cause I do enjoy my own company. Yeah. I love it. And sometimes it is harder to deal with a lot of different energies. Hmm. So, but then the reason I asked that question as well is because there are other people who thrive on being around other people, you and know, usually, and you, you're telling those, me cities, there's enough going on though. Like you're, you don't, if you're lonely, it's because you're choosing to be like, mm. there's so many events often, you know, even right, in right. some of the quietest of places. So it, it just depends on how much you're putting yourself out there, I think. And so do you ever get homesick or find a place and it's like, I love this place. I think I want to settle here. Um, no. <laughs> so that's a, another thing too. Um, when, when you asked if I get lonely, so that was in the beginning. So loneliness is something that I just started experiencing this year mm. um, in this country. And it is very different. And I think it just has to do with some trauma that I'm processing, mm. you know, from my family, from that right. stuff, because that's what happens. You have all this space around you and then you just start processing stuff. Right. So like, you'll just be minding your business and things will just become crystal clear. And that's another recent development in my self-awareness of the experiences that I've had. And so that has caused me to feel some loneliness um, because I'm, I think, realizing and um, really experiencing, really feeling the impact of my upbringing. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we just move on with stuff. Right. Uh, This is the way it is. Like, I don't, I didn't even know it was supposed to be a different way. Like, let's just, okay dinner, drinks, like, (laughs) let's move on, like, weekend, like, whatever, Um, but, like, I'm really sitting in that, like, no, I shouldn't have been this way or that way, that shouldn't, like, that, it was not great that that happened, so I, I think that's a lot of what I'm processing recently that's causing me to identify uh, with this lonely feeling, Mm. Um, and then you were asking me about falling in love with the country it hasn't happened <laughs> uh yet <laughs> so like anywhere that I've gone like Thailand is really nice the visas uh is tricky but also like locally I wasn't able to connect not with local folks or the other travelers there mm. um and that's largely a lot of the countries that I went to and it could have been just who I was at the time mm-hmm. when I was traveling through those places so it's not like a forever no, but uh, in my mind, like it, those places didn't have the things that I believe myself to need in mm. order to enjoy, you know, my day-to-day living. Right. So that's what I would say. I'm on the hunt. I would like to, instead of just sight unseen, moving to countries, like maybe I should try this cute little thing called a vacation and like just go check somewhere <laughs> out for a little bit and explore <laughs> because that's something that you know got lost along the way so um yes that's what I would like to do so I'm gonna have to ask you this one as a black woman traveling what are your 
Do you feel like your experiences are different than any other woman traveling? Or do you have any specific experiences that you think are innately because you are a Black woman traveling? So I used to ask this similar kind of question, like, how is it to travel as a Black woman? And I found that most of the ladies I talked to just went to the, did I experience racism? Like (laughs) that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that as Black women, there are things that we carry with us that are a bit ubiquitous in terms of how we see ourselves Mm -hmm. because of the environments that we came out of which hated us, (laughs) like we're not loved, we're not celebrated. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that is internalized. And a lot of us carry that from country to country um, or just to the next country if you're just, you know, expatting there. So I think that is specific to Black women. Women in general, you're going to deal with some stuff. And then just on a human level, you're going to deal with some stuff. Right. But I think that there are things that you experience specifically as a Black woman traveler um, just because of the environments that contributed to our creation. Right. Because I know for me, traveling so far, everywhere I have gone, I've been treated very well. But again, I think it's also, like you said, how you are. Because if you present well, my belief, if you present with good energy, generally you get good energy back because I have a penchant for getting lost (laughs) and I would like to resolve that. (laughs) But I have to say everywhere I have gone and gotten lost, I have gotten help with no issue, you know? And even when I can't speak the language, people are still willing to help me. (laughs) You know, I had an... um, I was, when I was in France and I was in Paris, I got off on what I thought was the right stop. And then I look around and it's like, this is the place I was before. I don't know where I'm at. (laughs) So I'm walking, walking and well, then I just started like, universe, can you please send somebody my way? Cause I gotta ask questions, don't know where I'm at. And magically this girl, turns the corner <laughs> and I, and I stop her and I always travel with, um, wherever I'm staying, if they have a business card, if, you know, a hotel or something, I always travel with a business card. So I can just be like, need to get here. <laughs> and I showed it to her and she broke out her phone and her GPS because she was speaking straight French. I understand a little bit not enough to have a conversation, (laughs) but she showed me. So then I got to where I got to a point where I got a little confused and I went into this other place, a money exchange. So I'm thinking, yes, it's a money exchange. She's going to speak English. No. (laughs) So she starts speaking French and I'm understanding her. And then she speeds up, you know, now she's going double time. I just looked at her. My eyes got about this big and I just busted out laughing. And she's watching me laugh and she starts laughing. So now we're having this huge laugh. I still don't know where I'm at. <laughs> but when we're done, she's finally able to tell me, I'll just go out here and do this and that. And you're going to be right there. So that's exactly what I did. And I got back to where I wanted to be. But 
in getting lost. I've also found that it's a great way to explore when you're not freaked out because <laughs> then it's like, oh, this is cool. This is cool. And, but I'm like, I don't know how to get back there if I want to. <laughs> That's a whole other story. But yeah, so I, I don't know if I'm just fortunate or, you know, hopefully a lot of women have that same type of experience, but I've also, you know, read horror stories from women. So I guess it just, it just depends on how things, how things go. So that's why I really wanted to know how your experience was, you know. I mean, there's, there's been racism. So it happened in Indonesia where I was sexually assaulted by an immigration officer. Oh my God. And I wrote to the embassy about it, livid. Uh, because she was doing a, a pat down, but it was a very explicit pat down. And I don't know why you had to touch me like that girl. Um, you know, like pull you aside, take you into one of the rooms oh, because wow. there had been the embassy wrote back and told me there had been an uptick in drug trafficking. So of course I'm the only black person and, you know, coming through immigration and they like pull me aside which um, is like, you know. you're so probably the least likely person to be doing that. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know about likelihood or not, but like, that doesn't matter. I'm very careful about us blaming ourselves because we've had centuries of that. Right. Exactly. We're not inherently bad. You have brown skin. You were just born that way. Um, and in order for us to see that as a blessing, we have to stop saying it's my fault that this thing happened to me. People right. choose to do what they do. People choose to have the ideas that they have and that has nothing to do with us. So if someone wants to be racist towards you, that's just what they're going to do, whether you have a smile on your face or not. Right. right. Um, so I try to be very careful about that because like, we don't need that. Exactly. Yeah. So, but like nothing happened in Thailand and nothing happened in Albania. And even if it did happen, like sometimes these things don't register for me mm. because it's not my business. Like, I don't care about how, I don't care about your feelings. <laughs> like, I don't right. care how about you, how you feel about black people. Like, yeah, that's your, that's your thing. Can yeah. I have my apples? Can I have my cherries? Bye. Like whatever, you know, or yeah. like, I just won't buy with this person. Like whatever it is, you know, if you get a vibe, um, mm-hmm. So I, I tend not to, to center that. I am not a person who generally looks up racism in X country mm-hmm. before I go there. Okay. I go. And, and just experience whatever it is you're going to experience. Yeah. So well, like I'm, I'm medium skin tone, right? So I'm just brown. I'm not light skin. I'm not particularly dark. And so, mm-hmm. you know, people are going to have different in my hair you know, it's going to factor in and my features are going to factor in and my weight is going to factor in. And so like, you know, cultures have ideas of what's attractive and what's not attractive. Generally, like attractive people are treated better mm-hmm. everywhere, True. whatever that level of attraction is. And so um, I, I seem to have largely, aside from, uh, aside from that Indonesia experience, like just faded into the background, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it's good to just show up with an open mind anyway. I mean, do your research, but show up with an open mind, because if you already have an idea in your head, then you're going to see it everywhere. Just like if, you know, all of a sudden you wanted a blue car and now every car that you see is blue. Yeah, they're reticulating something, something that the brain does. Yeah. I mean, kind of, sort of, like I said, and then, like I said, 
someone could go to the same country and have a different experience than you did just because they exactly. present differently. Exactly. So like, I don't even know that the research matters, but if that's what makes you feel better about it, then do that. But oh, no, that's no. Not, when, I say, when I say do the research, I'm not even talking about racism, I'm just talking about the country in general. So you know, like what you're walking into, because what I like to, well, I like to, I like to research stuff like they're different, different customs, right. And what people wear and that type of thing, because that way, you know, if I'm going to a place where your head is usually covered, if you're going to X place, then I'm going to make sure I have something to cover my head. You know, just to me, it's kind of respectful to know the culture and then try to respect the culture. You know what I mean? But that's just me. I think it, it's it's helpful and on some levels appreciate too you know because I know when I went to the Middle East and I was going into one of the mosques that you're allowed to go into if you're not Muslim and there was a girl there and she had on some booty shorts and it's like that's not necessarily something that you know you walk around the city in anyways and definitely not trying to get into a mosque like that right so, I mean, to me, it's just different things like that that show respect for the culture of wherever I'm traveling to. So, question I do have for you, any because there's so many people online and they just make digital nomad. It's like so glamorous and it's like a wonderful lifestyle. And then, you know, so do you have tips for people that are practical <laughs> if they want to start doing this and, you know, if it's glamorous for them, like, you know, God bless it, but it's not going to be like a whole glamorous thing for everybody. So do you have practical tips for people who are thinking about living this type of lifestyle? I would examine what glamorous means. And then why wouldn't you want it to be glamorous? <laughs> like you should want a good life experience, a good oh. travel life experience. And so it, it goes back to what I said just a little bit earlier which was about understanding your travel style. Mm. Like if if you um, are exploring a place, you know, maybe you don't want to stay at a hostel short term. Maybe you prefer a hotel. Maybe you prefer an Airbnb. But it's about understanding what makes you the most comfortable. Mm -hmm. um, if you want to live in a place, maybe you want to live where local folks live, or maybe you want to live where the rich local folks live, where the expats live. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the place is going to have like a pool and like a gym and like whatever else uh, in the, um, what are they called? Amenities or whatever. So it's about understanding what it, what it is that you want. And then if you're intentional about choosing that, then it will be glamorous, not glamorous in the sense that you're going to be on a beach drinking Mai Tais every day, mm -hmm. but you could be living the life you want to live on purpose. Right. And I guess when I say glamorous, because <clears throat> excuse me, like on Instagram and a lot of things like that, that's what you see all the time. It's like, oh, I'm on this beach and I'm doing this and it's lovely. But, but, but are those nomads? <laughs> are those nomads or are those vacationers who like well, have a, a budget for travel in a different way? Nomads make a lifestyle of traveling and like maybe they'll splurge on, you know, the flying dress or the balloon rides and stuff like that. But like largely, I, I feel like those Instagram accounts are like vacationers. Mm -hmm. mm. Okay. And, you know, and I'm glad I'm talking to you about that because you see what you see and you want to, 
take it at face value, right? And then, so I think a lot of people are like, yeah, I'm going to go do that. And then when life faces them and yeah, they have a visa issue or yeah, they have a problem with where they're staying. And it's like, well, I didn't think it was going to be like this. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's the type of thing I'm talking about. Because mm-hmm. it's not like life doesn't happen, right? Mm-hmm. While, you're, while you're abroad and you don't run into certain things. Yeah. Um, I mean, even on vacation, that can happen. Exactly. It, in your normal everyday life, that does happen. So it's only normal to expect that there is not going to be super flowy. Um, but I mean, that is part of it as well, right? It's part of you understanding how to be nimble, you know, be flexible, mm-hmm. um, have a bigger perspective and understand that people do differently things differently in different countries right? and understanding if that's the way, if that's okay with you. And if it's not okay, then like you got to choose another country because <laughs> like <laughs> the country is going to be full of those people. So, um, right. But you still make it sweet though, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, like you will you be said, washing dishes in another country, like some <laughs> way, shape or form. Right. Life can Unless be sweet you're on vacation. no matter what. Yeah. I totally agree. Well, and I think those are, those are good practical tips that people can really think about as they're preparing themselves to make a move. It's like, Yes, I'm going to live somewhere else, but some of the things that I am facing here, I may still face there. So that you're making, like you said, an on purpose, a, a decision to live on purpose and be intentional and not just think that you're going to run away from this to something else. And it's going to be like, ah, you know. <laughs> and so that's just kind of what I wanted to bring to light. So do you have, um, you did mention the Facebook group. Mm-hmm. And so anybody can join that Facebook group? No, it's only for Black women. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, good. No, I mean, that is fair because people who are listening are all different. Yeah. <laughs> and do you have any programs or anything that you would like to talk about? We will be starting back the Black Women Travel Mastermind in January. So um, it has been a 10-week cohort. We had three of them this year. One was winter, spring, and summer. Uh, Mm -hmm. Just ended a little bit ago. Uh, It's where you get to be all of yourself. You get to bring all those pieces into the room, our virtual room. And these women, uh, a lot of them, have been through all three cohorts. So there's been so much growth, you know, Mm. there's been so much connecting as well with one another, supporting of one another uh, through various stages of business development, or like just trying to get your mindset together to sit down to do the work. So that's what the mastermind is. It's coaching and co-working. So we talk about the stuff, we talk about all the things, And a lot of them are relatable and a lot of them are impacting us at different times. And then we do the co-working to go from all of that talking in the theory and put it into action because that's super important to have some accountability, have some space to sit down and do the thing. So whether that's recording the video or writing the copy or 
yeah, just whatever stuff you're supposed to sit down and actually do, like having some accountability to sit down and do those things, designing, like whatever. Um, I am opening up. So all of these spaces have been specifically for Black women. And I'm becoming more interested in serving people who are just drawn to my work. Mm -hmm. So I will be opening up for everyone. some of the things that I've only been doing for Black women. Uh, they're not available just yet, though, but mm-hmm. they will be at some point this year, 2022. This yeah. is 2022. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is October, right? October. October. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, and I think that's good, but also serving the Black female community is also good because it's an underserved community. And they're different, while there are similar issues, they're different issues and different things that Black women face that others don't. Women of mm-hmm. color face a lot of things, but then I think there, there are things specific to Black women that other women don't experience. So I think it's nice that you have a container for that and make it available. Mm-hmm. And I know, cause every now and then I see, um, we're going to do co-working today. And so is now, do you have to be in the mastermind in order to join um, when you put out the invitation for co-working? So uh, that's a member-led event. So one of our members, um, she's a part of the our collective. Um, she wanted to lead co-working. So she wanted some gal pals <laughs> to work with. Um, so she's the one that's been organizing that, like, I'm not even a, awake when that happens. Oh, so <laughs> that's just a, a that's just some... for the community. Oh, yeah, okay. that's cool. That's cool. Because yeah. a lot of times I'm actually at work yeah. and I'm in a meeting or something. So I can't yeah. do that too. Yeah. But, you know, um, I'm glad that we're putting it out there so people can look for it. So yeah. please. Uh, Tell us where to find you. Uh, you can go to blackwomentravel.com. And then we can find and, all your social there. Mm-hmm. Uh, travel is T-R-A-V-L. So it's blackwomen, T-R-A-V-L, travel.com. And yeah. Sweet. Good deal. I am so glad that you were able to pop on this morning. I know it is like way early for you. Um, <laughs> when we actually made this appointment, I was on the West Coast. And so it would have been like an, an hour later for me, it would have been eight o'clock my time. And now I'm on the East Coast okay. <laughs> today. Be back on the West Coast shortly. But okay, yeah, it just, it really means a lot to me that you woke up, you showed up and we were able to do this. So thank you so, so much. My pleasure. I really appreciate your thoughtful questions and for making space to have these travel conversations. It's so important to talk about these things out loud. So I appreciate your platform. Thank you. All right. So I am going to let you go now. And I don't know if you're going to take a nap or you're going to start (laughs) but (laughs) whatever it is, be wonderful. (laughs) Thank you so much. Take very good care. Okay. Bye. Bye.